Welcome to Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's Word, and by sharing that Word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world. Hello, everybody. This is John Hilly, and uh, I am pastor at East Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And we mentioned Nashville, and Nashville still is in the news uh, for what was a tragic mass shooting at the Covenant Presbyterian Church and school that happened a little bit more than a week ago. Uh, speaking of week, we are uh, underway in what still is to be a very, very painful week. We are underway with Holy Week. And as I, as I was saying to somebody, Holy Week uh, has taken a whole new uh, meaning for me in light of recent events. Uh, all the uh, sadness and the grief, uh, anger, uh, uh, crowds are in turmoil, just as they were in Jerusalem at that time on Palm Sunday when Jesus came in on a donkey. And so um, for the next few minutes, I just want to share uh, what was shared on Palm Sunday in a reflection. I also want to call to mind a podcast that uh, we put out last week, and I had in as a conversational partner, John Roebuck, former pastor of Woodmont Baptist Church and also um, in senior leadership at Belmont University. And I brought him in for a conversation on um, what can we do in terms of our um gun violence, and our role as uh, the community of faith. So I put in the liner notes uh, that uh, podcast from last week. And uh, I want to bring in a conversational partner uh, this week, and he he was featured in my sermon on Sunday, and that is uh, uh, Dr. Howard Thurman. He was the dean of the chapel at Howard University in the Washington, D.C. area, What I'm going to bring in is something that he wrote back in 1962. Uh, Howard Thurman was kind of the chaplain of the civil rights movement, and he was an official chaplain to Martin Luther King Jr., who on this day when I record on April the 5th, 2023, it is the anniversary of the assassination of MLK. So let me bring him in as we take a look at Jesus coming into Jerusalem on a donkey. The passage is Matthew 21. I'll put that passage in the notes. So let's get underway here. So I've been wondering what to say uh, in the days that transpired since that tragic Monday here in Nashville. We've been in conversation with a whole lot of people and sending texts and phone calls, sharing grief, trying to sit with people, walk with people. Uh, We have a preschool here, and so parents appropriately are very concerned about the well-being and safety of their children, so that's been top of mind. And uh, I walked into a church on Sunday exactly not sure what to say, uh, wondering what um, could be said, what words there were to use. Uh, I got an interesting text from a church member that I'll share with you. Uh, It must have been Tuesday, day after the shooting here in Nashville, about what could be said this week. And I found her remarks very, very helpful. 
And she had written, uh, it feels like we're in a wilderness with Jesus, bewildered and depleted of energy. As Satan, the tempter, tempts us to look at his solutions for a sense of direction and safety and security. To look toward, and there's a tendency we have to look toward ourselves as the right kind versus, quote unquote, those others. And to look toward fast violence instead of slow compromise and conversation. To look toward the tendency to cling to hate and revenge and fear, she wrote. And then she went on to say, perhaps we are being tested now as strongly as the silent generation was. We're ill-prepared after our decades of peace and prosperity and self-indulgence. We must do the work and learn through our travails and stick to our core principles of love and justice, mercy, healing, and sacrifice, and to manifest God's love and peace in the world. Jesus paid the ultimate price, and his faithfulness must now show dedication in our own hands, feet, and voices. Wise words that came in a text. So, Holy Week begins with the celebrating of Jesus processing into Jerusalem. But Amethyst, who was the person who shared the text, had Jesus and us, because we feel like we are in the wilderness, And that got me thinking. I remember coming across a series of devotional talks that the late Howard Thurman had done. As again, as I said, he was dean of the chapel at Howard and considered a kind of chaplain to MLK. So he wrote these reflections in 1962 that were called At the Crossroads. And in these reflections, and I kind of want to bring him in as a conversational partner, Thurman is portraying Jesus' decision to go to Jerusalem for the last time as a crossroads dilemma. And in this instance, uh, Jesus must decide whether he's going to go on to Jerusalem where he would be rejected and killed or to continue his ministry elsewhere and live. And in this devotional talk, Thurman brings in other stories during, during his ministry of healing, like that of the Gerasene demoniac. And he describes Jesus encountering the tempter. And out in the wilderness is this kind of clear crossroad where he puts Jesus at, where there are two paths going in opposite directions. Thurman explains the crossroad faced by Jesus as this kind of dilemma because the moment reflects the agony of any dilemma and that one must choose either between competing goods or competing evils. Jesus knew going to Jerusalem would mean meeting his fate. If he did not go, it would mean quieting the revelation of God within him. And in the choice Jesus makes to go to Jerusalem, Thurman recognizes the crowning example of faith to trust God and to follow divine will. So this past week, I was kind of at a loss of words, so Here are Thurman's words written back in 62, and imagine that he's here at the microphone. As he writes, the agony of life is not the choice between good and evil. The agony of life is the choice between two evils or two goods. The tempter met Jesus in our reflection at this crossroad just outside the town of Jericho, and the master and his little knot of disciples were walking out of the city. 
And as they came to a fork in the road, one going north towards Jerusalem, the other going south towards Nazareth and Galilee, this sort of strange thing happened, Thurman says. And it is the only place in all the records of Scripture where there's a statement concerning this strange thing. And I don't know if you remember it, but as they approached the crossroads, Jesus apparently bolted ahead of the group. And it is recorded that when the disciples look into his face, they're frightened. What did they see there? What kind of inner wrestling was so churning and tumultuous in his character and its depth and intensity that it spilled over into his countenance with such dramatic import that when those who had been with him all the time looked in his face, they were frightened, frightened at what they saw. Shall I go to Jerusalem? Or shall I go back home? And there on the side of the road, the tempter talks with Jesus or argues with him. And Jesus thinks, and it would be a wonderful thing to go back home. And I could pick up the threads of the dynamic ministry of healing and teaching. What a wonderful thought. With all the cumulative power of my experience of God and that would be such a wonderful thing. I could go back and I could establish myself as the great and the good and the holy teacher and I could continue healing the sick. I could spend all my years multiplying redemption, just multiplying it, Thurman has Jesus saying, and a lot of comfort I'd be to my mother. I'd live and teach and heal and I could die in my own bed. Then Thurman has Jesus wondering to himself, almost like the prophet Jonah. I'm thinking of Matthew 12. There's this little line in scripture where Jesus talks to the disciples about the sign of Jonah. It's a weird little thing. But if I go to Jerusalem, Thurman says that Jesus is saying, where would I be on the receiving end of the cumulative rejection and emotional and official insecurity of those whose foundations were disturbed by the revelation of the God in me, who knows what they might do to me. Then Thurman continues, and he has Jesus walking on the road. And then he has Jesus encountering in the wilderness somebody as they're walking along. And Thurman takes on the persona of Jesus and he says, I remember the time that I was walking along and I heard before I saw him the loud shrieks of the maniac. And as I made the turn in the road, I saw him standing there disheveled, his eyes like gutted candlelight, the burst of chains daggling from his hands and his arms and his legs. That day was just terrible, the mind in a tilted place. And something deep within me spoke to him, what is your name? And for a moment, as a precursor of what, of that which was taking place in some other region in this period, his mind balanced just for a second, and he said, that is my trouble. I don't know who I am. There are so many of me, and they riot in my streets. If I knew who I am, I would be whole again, end quote, the maniac. And the maniac in the Bible's was called legion, if you remember, after a Roman legion, for there were so many. I was talking to John Roebuck about why he 
took this endeavor to look at the whole matter of guns in our society said it's because of the students that he interacts with at Belmont who for so long have been dealing with the possibility of violence coming unexpectedly in their lives, at their schools, that is all bit a bit too much. Anxiety on the rise. And it's not just the youth and the young adults, but it was also what we saw in the life of the shooter as we have learned more. And if we are honest, that mental anguish and anxiety of which we saw in the maniac of Garrison, we fear it's not far removed from our own houses. So that is what Jesus is facing out in the wilderness. And thankfully, Jesus took the path to Jerusalem and did not turn to go back home. And thankfully, Jesus rode on the donkey through Jerusalem to the shouts of Hosanna. For all of our failings and for all who fail and for all of us who lose sight of who we are as children of God. Thankfully, Jesus rode on the donkey through the streets with the whole of Jerusalem in turmoil and to the shouts of Hosanna meaning save us, and then to the cross, and then to the tomb. And thankfully, that tomb is now empty, and it holds the promise that the resurrection is for all of us, even those of us who have done terrible things, and we leave it to God, to the God of judgment and mercy, to sort it out, and to sort it all out. And my understanding was that when Jesus said the words from the cross on Good Friday, that we will experience on this week, as we are in Holy Week, when he says the words, it is finished, his sacrificial act of love extended to all. And that doesn't mean that I am not angry and I do not get angry with people who uh, perpetrate acts of violence or what this person did in Nashville, Tennessee. And for what I'm feeling is the ripple effect it has across the city that we love and the families that, that love. But thankfully, my anger and your anger does not have the last word. For this is the day on this Palm Sunday and now in this Holy Week that Jesus has come to us and to our city and to our families, to our lives, to our hearts, comes to proclaim his kingdom and bids us to follow, to be his grateful and courageous followers. However, we understand the mysterious sacrifice of the cross, one thing is certain, it is proof of God's love, and in this holy week, we need to be reminded of that. And I love what Gary Wills wonderfully calls God's, quote, rescue raid into history. And today, we remember that he comes to us in our personal lives, to our very hearts, just as he came to the city. And so that leaves us here in the wilderness of holy week, having Jesus gone ahead of us, on the donkey to the table where he'll say, let us love one another, and then to the cross. The whole question is for us to ask, where are we headed? If there's a fork in the road, there are two paths, one leading back to safety and one leading ahead. Where are we headed? Which direction do you want to go in? Thurman, 
if he was at the microphone, he'd say this, ultimately a person's responsibility is to God. The God a man worships is the God he must face, that when he stands before him, what will he say? He comes to us as one unknown without a name, as he came to the man by the lakeside who knew him not, and he speaks to us, he commands, follow me, and to those who obey him, he will reveal himself in the toils and the suffering and the joy through which they shall pass in his fellowship. So, where are you headed? Do we keep on with business as usual? Or is it time for something different to happen? In whatever way that difference can happen, through prayer, through action, through sharing of grief, through caring for one another. I love a quote that was shared by Michelle Sudeth. I don't know her, but she had this to say, because I feel like this applies to what we're facing right now in Nashville, that when a belief system a person has long defended is crumbling in the face of fresh evidence of another reality, the person has the option to either dig their heels in and recommit more staunchly to their old philosophy or reassess whether or not the belief has shown itself to be incomplete and begin asking what a better belief might be. Bravery is accepting full reality. Faith is trusting that no reality need be ignored for a belief to be true. Humility is asking what is better rather than forcing old expectations to stay intact and to force old expectations to stay intact means not to move and we must move and we're invited to head in the direction of Jesus and the direction I think that is is towards God's promised day towards crowded tables long healthy lives it is to move in the direction of joyful children hopeful communities and to move closer to God and that does not happen by accident so each of us ask, shall I go home? Or shall I go to Jerusalem with the Messiah? Shall I go to the table? We do not need to go to the cross. Jesus has already gone there. But Jesus, we want to head in your direction and with you in this holy week and in the weeks ahead and to reflect the beacon of Christ's resurrected love in this world let us walk with you. Thanks for listening. God, give us the strength to take the steps in faithfulness this holy week. Amen.
thank you for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, EBPC Videos. Thank you.